Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Critics Podcast. We're the underqualified experts who discuss all things work, life and sport with little to no background and supporting evidence. I'm joined by Jack. How are you, Sean? Mate, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> Mate, I'm living the dream. I'm just wasted my weekend playing two games of real shit hockey. Got thumped in both of them and... Mate, couldn't be better. I'm just drowning in FOMO at the moment with all the boys on cricket trip. Yeah, no, they they do look like they're having a shit time, don't they? Yeah. yeah. No, I got a video of them, well, we all did on Thursday, of uh, my two my two youngest brothers uh, wearing Gilligan's crop tops, carrying <laughs> what looked like alien juice, to be honest. So I can only assume it was filled with alcohol. So. I assume it was the kryptonites, which are the double black and Midori splice in a pint glass. Oh, yeah, that is exactly what it looked like. So They are salubrious. Um, yeah, uh, they, they sound terrible, to be honest, <laughs> the next day <laughs> or coming up or, or whatever's going on. But um, no, thanks for tuning in again, guys. Uh, got more more good feedback from uh, from last week. Plenty of uh, conversation starters, that is for sure. Um, so uh, we'll probably just jump straight into our cricket for the week. Uh, so we'll go through the IPL quickly first. Um, so uh, sticking to form with my hot takes on sporting teams and individual players and things, as soon as I give someone a rap, um, they go like a busted asshole. <laughs> so after stating last week... That how do you Gujarat, know what a busted asshole goes like? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound great though, which is how the Gujarat Titans have played the last two games. No, no, mate. No, no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, Gujarat have then lost two on the trot. Uh, although they did, um, they they're uh, a very good chasing side. But they they are built to chase down whatever title is in front of them. Um, and they won the toss and batted oh, the cool. other night against Punjab, basically just to test themselves to get themselves ready for the finals. Uh, and then lost to Punjab, who are. Just fucking hopeless, mate. So, uh, not great signs there. Um, Mumbai Indians starting to get it all together. Um, all kind of aligns with Tim David coming back into the side, giving them a bit of... Uh, the man you can't trust, you can. Seriously, you can count on him in late in games. You can't trust him outside of a cricket field, but I tell you what, if uh, if you need to go at 15 for the last four overs, get the bloke in there. Some so, of those sixes were enormous. He hits... Oh, mate, speaking of enormous hits, did you see Liam Livingston's the other night? Nah. He hit one 117 metres. <laughs> That off Muhammad Shami, and he has... And, like, there's not too many blokes that try and hit the ball harder than Liam Livingston, I don't think. But he swung with all of his might. And just crammed and it. absolutely collected it. Even, Muhammad, like, Shami was walking back to his mark laughing. Like, it went that far. It was uh, outrageous. But, yeah, Tim David's come back into the side, um, which we kind of thought was strange that he wasn't playing, given they forked out 1.5 million bucks to get him there. Um to, and they only gave him two games at the start after he's come off a really good big bash and a really good PSL. Yeah. That's literally why they picked him up. So, um, yeah, it was quite strange. But, yeah, he's come back and they've won, I think, their last three games. Um, so, starting to get it all together. Might be too late, though. I have a feeling, it, like, if they're going to make the finals, they'd need results already, like, three or four games out. So And big wins. And big wins. And, they, yeah, they need to win the whole way home. So, I don't know whether there's much hope there for them. Um, Sunrisers Hyderabad who got rid of David Warner last year they're going shit house um, they decided to retain a few other players which you know they're fine players in their own right are they going for the good blokes 11 they are going for the good blokes 11 they're trying to win the sportsman award okay. the sportsmanship award which is a thing um, but I don't think anyone really cares part of the who's care, who it cares is, cup the, I'm actually thinking that we'll name it the who cares cup 
because like that you're there to win games of cricket, not to be nice to one another. So, um, but yeah, David Warner is absolutely killing it. He made a unbeaten ninety something um, the other night uh, in a in a big win for Delhi, who weren't going that great. He was going quite well personally, but they just you know um, they had quite a few pieces um, stripped away from them as well with the expansion. Yeah. Um, so it's taken them a little while to get everything, get all this shit together, but they look like they're going to come good. Um, and mate, he's killing it. So, um, but it just, it's just still baffling that, um, Sunrisers let him go. Like he captained them and played for them for four, captained them for four years, I think. And went through, he's like their leading run scorer for the whole franchise, led them to their first title in 2017. I'm going to say he's got the most fifties ever by any player in the IPL, Indian or overseas. Oh, yeah. And he's well clear. He's like eight clear of second, I think. Eight or nine clear of second. Um, who's Virat Kohli, who's played in more editions. Like, he's played in more games. Um, so, and Warner has the highest average for any overseas player ever who's played more than 20 innings. Yeah, wow. So, he's just... Uh, like, if you're picking an all-time IPL 11, he's like, in he it. is in it. And he <clears throat> is still showing that he's still like at the very peak of his powers in T20 cricket and then they just let him go. He's just like one of those, he's like Josh Butler. It's just like a no-brainer. You just retain him. Yeah. Because good openers are still hard to find and yeah, they've let him go and Sunrise is doing terribly. And uh, Who they got opening from now? Uh, they've got some a young Indian fella, um, Abhishek, who he's going okay. Um, certainly not David Warner standards and, uh, and Kane Williamson who uh, has done quite well um, for Hyderabad in previous years, um, but has been struggling in this tournament. Um, he's the only... If the season was to finish right now, he'd be the only opener in IPL history to have faced more than 200 balls in a season and have a strike rate of below 100. Oh, wow. So they are really struggling for firepower. Um, and Nicholas Poran, who's uh, just crunching them at the moment, is just coming in with too much to do. Uh, like, there's just... There's too much for him to do by the time he comes in. He came in the other night and they needed 114 off 44 balls. Four down. Like, you can't expect anyone to pull you out of a hole like that. So It's just um, not going to happen. Nah. So, um, and Chahal, who wasn't even getting games for whoever he played for last year, is now playing for uh, Rajasthan. He's just taken his 20th wicket for the tournament, which makes him one of only two bowlers in the IPL ever to have taken 20 wickets in four separate seasons. Nice. And the other name is Lasith Malinga, who was quite handy himself. Oh, yeah. So uh, for a guy who was struggling to get a run last year, he's taken 20 wickets in a season, four out of the last six seasons, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty uh, nice. It's very, very consistent. So, And, you know, the, they might play, what, 14 games or something. So to take 20 wickets is a pretty good effort. To do it four times is very good effort. So he doesn't get a game for England, uh, for India and Hardly gets a game for his uh, for his previous franchise, but he's killing it. Um, nice to see Sean Abbott getting a run. He was actually playing for Sunrisers the other night um, against Delhi. Actually, it was and got Mitch Marsh out with a uh, nice slow ball. So we'll I'm a, see him. I think he's been he's been a really consistent performer for New South Wales and for the Sixers for the last Sabah, couple of years. Sabah fed. Yeah, so I think um, he's a much much improved cricketer from the last two years. Um, and it's good to see him getting the opportunity. Particularly his batting as well. Yeah, and would have, he would have got the opportunity to play uh, or at least tour with the Australian squad on that um, South Africa tour that got cancelled because yep. of COVID. Um, I think he was in that, in that 17-man squad. So 
Um, but there'll be more opportunities for him. I think he's um, he's got a lot more cricket in front of him and hope to see him in Australian colours again because I really I like what he brings. He's an absolute athlete in the field. Brings a bit of firepower with the bat at the bottom and, and bowls pretty well and bowls, um, bowls a lot of the tough overs. So um, that's really good to see. Um, and I just want to touch on... Um, there's a, a Ben Stokes made 160 of 88 rocks in county during the week. Have you watched that? I have. It's and he, like, he hit 34 in one over, it, like obviously with five sixes and a four off this poor left arm spinner. Um, and like the he hit 17 sixes or something. And there's a like a, a video of compilation of all of his sixes. And like yeah, the first few it looks like he's trying to bat properly, but dead set there was one where he actually ended up just about off the pitch when he actually made contact with it and like the whole the whole thing is just a joke you just like it would be like someone going like a like Marnus going back and playing in our comp mm. or not even actually like someone more belligerent than that like it would be seriously like if Travis Head came and started playing in our comp he'd make 160 off 80 rocks off his flute like it, it just looks like a complete waste of time and keeping in mind that's Div 2 county stuff so, like, how how are we supposed to take any kind of, in, like, valuable information out of games like that? Where the newly appointed England test captain is playing against blokes that have probably go, got to go and work at a bar because they're not really professional cricketers. It's like when Joffre came back from injury. He was and he's playing, like, two's his club cricket. Two's club like, cricket. It just looks like a complete waste of time. And I'll just, I just want to rattle off a few names here. So, Stokes... Muhammad Rizwan, Shaheen Afridi, Peter Hanscom, Manus, Marcus Harris, Michael Nisa, uh, Pujara, and Sean Masood are all playing in the Div 2 county comp. Well, I don't understand the whole county structure. Is it promotion relegation? Uh, I believe so, but in any, like, there is two divisions, and I just don't understand why, like, where do they, like, that group of cricketers, where do they see, no, not so much Stokes, because, I mean, that's his home club. In a sense, like that's his home county. He's played for them forever. I thought his home club was in Auckland. Uh, probably is actually. <laughs> yeah, Christchurch, <laughs> oh, for Wellington, bro. Um, but I don't think... do that again. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, I just don't understand why these guys are signing with Div Two counties. Like, you know, Marcus Harris is going to average sixty for Leicester again, but who actually cares? Because he's playing against park cricketers. It doesn't matter. Shaheen Afridi is going to go and take forty wickets at eight. Who cares? He's playing against just is that like kind, it's kind of like Minus's last year at Glam before the Ashes tour. Yeah, where he scored a thousand runs before August or whatever the fuck it was or whatever <laughs> benchmark they set. And fuck, like you watch some of the some of the shit that he's facing, and you just like you you really just got to take it with a grain of salt. And Kevin Peterson put it quite well that he played in like the pre like the the mid two thousands era, like early to mid two thousands era. But then after he finished playing for England, went back and played for Surrey. Like that in kind of 2015, 16, 17 kind of yep. time period. So he's played in kind of the two phases. And he said that the, the comp is so much weaker now than it was back then. <clears throat> and like through the mid-2000s, England still weren't very good, right? So what, do you, what did he say why he thinks it's weaker? I, I don't... He didn't. Because um, every, pun, every it, pundit over there has a different solution. Yeah. And I mean, he, like he is a reasonably rogue character as it is. Like he's been known to say some some stuff that were probably slightly outside the boundaries. But I think when you look at it from this perspective, like if the county system was strong, 
like he's played there. I'm willing to take his word on it. Me too. So if he's said that it was strong in the mid two thousands, like England weren't good in the mid two thousands. I know they beat us in that two thousand five Ashes series, but otherwise they really weren't very good. Mm. But come twenty ten, like they were world number one. So they pumped us here, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, three one in a home Ashes series, which is unheard of in the last fifty fucking years. But you just, oh, I don't. It's just so like they, it takes a while to filter through to the England setup. Like if you're strong in the mid two thousands, they weren't strong really until twenty ten. So there's at least five good years of county cricket needed to build a powerhouse in the international game. And England have been shit for three years, and their county system still sucks, which would indicate that they are still years away from coming back to any sort of strength. Like that Alex Lees, who I hope he goes on and plays a long and illustrious career for England, but he plays for Durham, who are in the Div 2 comp. Yeah. Like how are you picking a bloke to come out of Div 2 and say that translates to the international game? So So rather than facing you... He has to go out and face Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, and Josh Hazelwood. Yeah. Like, it's eight steps up, and guys like that can't handle it. And so, they wonder why they fail. So, do you reckon the ECB should move all their prospects to Div 1 counties? I think there needs to be some kind of movement where... Because I can guarantee that there would be guys playing in Div 2 for other counties that are better than the guys than some guys playing in the Div 1 counties. Um, Knots are in Div 2. So, Stuart Broad's playing 2s. <laughs> Haseeb Hamid's playing twos, Ben Duckett's playing twos, all for knots. Like, how, and Ben Duckett's talking about how he wants to make a, like a comeback onto the test scene. Go and play for a county that are going to give you a run in a div, like that are, are getting a run in the Div 1 competition. Yeah. And face some half-decent players. Because these guys, they're carving, like Sean Masood, he's carving it up in the twos. Go and face Lancashire, where they've got like Hassan Ali, um, Saqib Mahmood and Jimmy Anderson as their three quicks. Go and test yourself rather than just beating up on beating like, up baiters. these seriously. And it's just it just seems like a complete waste of time, um, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and I really, like you said, there seems to have been 101 blokes willing to come out and criticise it and everyone seems to have a different solution. Rob Key's just been named the managing director for the ECB. Who is that? I used to play for England. So, and he's done a fair bit of commentary. I actually like a lot of what the stuff that he has to say. Um, and I hope that there's changes coming because like, you want cricket everywhere to be competitive. You don't want there to be one or two dominant nations and everyone else just sucks. No. Nah. Because then where's the incentive to actually watch and go to games? And, and tour. And yeah, what, yeah, exactly. So like the Ashes series, when they come out here or when we go there, we want it to be contested like we wanted how to good was, how good was that 2019 2019 Ashes? Ashes was freaking mint it was so good and it, like that's the sweet spot if you come away from a five game series and it's a draw then like a drawn series well, you know it was close yeah so that's all you want um, and then obviously we saw England come out here and that it was the exact opposite not at any point did England look like winning a test match whatsoever so you know something's got to change I don't know when it's going to come but it needs to come it has to come eventually uh, and on that um, following on from what we said last week um, with Ben Stokes uh, becoming uh, the England test captain um, it just got me thinking about how other um, all-rounders have gone captaining their country um, and they said like there's a few that have done it from England um, like Ian Botham Andrew Flintoff 
and how it affects their game. Like we spoke about how it's going to affect Ben Stokes' game. I think he's the kind of bloke that will step up and do better. But just to run through quickly, um, Ian Botham, Captain England in 12 tests. They did not win a single one. He went from averaging 30-odd for his career with the bat to 13. Wow. So it doesn't always have the uh, the best effect. Jason Holder, 37 tests, 11 wins. Not great, but obviously... Um, cattle. That's, yeah, you can only play with the cattle you've got. His batting average pretty much held firm, 31.5 up from 30.6. So much the same. Um, uh, Andrew Flintoff, 11 tests, only two wins. Batting average much the same, 33 up from 31.7. Um but then, obviously, there are some stories of guys that went much better. Uh, Sean Pollock, in 26 tests, he won 14 of them as captain. Batting average went from 32.32 to 41.5. Love that. Which is good. <clears throat> Probably the prime example was Imran Khan, who captained Pakistan in 48 tests. Um, and his batting average went from... His career batting average was 37.69, which is pretty good, mm. given he was widely regarded as the best bowler in that time. Uh, went from 37.69 to 52. That's only a As captain. And his bowling average dropped from about 23 or whatever it was to 18 or something as captain. Just outrageous. Outrageous. But they only won 14 tests. Oof. So it's kind of hard to see, hard to kind of draw a line. Like with only a, a limited number of cases, it's hard to say that there's a pattern there. But it's just, it goes to, I mean, goes to show that it can impact people differently. It's obvious, like, you know, we see with Steve Smith, his record as captain was unbelievable. He averages like 70 with a stick as captain. Just phenomenal. But it can have literally the opposite effect, especially if you're playing for a struggling team and you are by far the best player and Ben Stokes is by far carrying the heaviest load to then have to go and captain. Will it be the straw that breaks the camel's back or is it the kick up the ass that he needs I, extra responsibility I, I don't think it's going to go well um, for already, what reason you don't think he's up for it or because of cattle a bit of both I think I don't know if Ben I, look it's really hard to say when we don't know the bloke but yeah. I think Ben Stokes is a good like tip at the spear not so much the guy throwing it yeah that's probably fair like he's he's, he's not he's neither your best battle bowl but like it's a lot to add like he's possibly their best fielder they're, and they're just shit. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough early. For oh, Dan, it's certainly not an easy environment to come into in captain. And mate, the British media, wow. Yeah, oh, they are just about as ruthless as anyone, aren't they? Yeah. So they'll be breathing down his neck from day one. But I mean, Hope. so so was uh, the Australian media with Pat Cummins when he took over. Yeah. Um, under slightly different circumstances, you'd have to say. Yeah, um, for sure. But I, I hope Root. Yeah. I hope Root kills it for him. So then he's got at least someone else to go with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I hope he does well as he's, well. His first because he's a phenomenal cricketer. His first outings as captain, he's come out and said that Broad and Anderson will be picked again, which is absolutely the right move. Yeah. I just uh, so again, one, we touched on that. It's just brain dead. But one tick, Stokesy. Yeah, absolutely. So he's got yeah one, one foot in the right direction. But um, yeah, the other no. thing is like the temperament. Like he's got a quite hot head. So yeah, uh, hopefully. It does mature him out a bit, but yep. in saying that, if, if you're getting smacked and you start sledging Ben Stokes, I, I, I reckon I think, you can get under your skin a bit yeah, easier. I think it nearly came, came to a point where they nearly just had no other options. They knew that, like Joe Root, you could tell, just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. Like he'd had enough. 
And who else could you actually go to? Well, no like, one else really stays in the team. Well, Broad and Anderson don't play every test because they get rested. They don't always play in overseas conditions. Things like that. So you can't pick them. Despite the fact that I think both of them would probably be good candidates. But like, outside of that, it, Rory Burns? Yeah. Like, he captains Surrey. Yeah. But, it, but like, he again, you can't say that he is a certainty to play every well, test he's not a England. Um, and it's just... Oh, man, it's all... They had no option. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stokes does it for a year or two. And if someone becomes more established that is a, you know, a quote-unquote better leader or a more in, like fits-the-box kind of leader, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Stokes relinquishes it. But There's, I guess it's only time will tell. There's only three blokes that are locked in that team. Like, the middle order's ever-revolving. Their bowling attack's revolving. Yeah. Like, it's seriously just Stokes... It's really Root. just Stokes and Root. Yeah, and then once Ben Folks gets picked a bit more. Yeah, yeah. well, hopefully he'll be the uh, the standing going forward. And Johnny Bairstow can probably put his foot in in that category as well. Um, so, yeah, no. Nah. So, uh, he scored, he scored uh, two hundreds in his last four tests, which for England standards is elite. Quality, so. Yeah. Um, but, mate, that's all i got on cricket this week. I think we're, uh, yeah, we're just about done there. I have very little to add. Excellent. Right, so we'll move over to overrated, underrated. And uh, I will kick us off with uh, the North Queensland Cowboys. I still think they're overrated when they are on the ladder. Like, they've had... It's round nine now, and they've only had to make the excursion down south once, and that was to Canberra. They haven't played in New South Wales yet, from my understanding, apart from maybe this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Who'd they, who'd they beat this week? No, it was in North Queensland. It was in North Queensland. Yeah. So, they, they're... To be fair, they've played great. They've got the second best defense, but at statistically at this stage, only behind Penrith. Um, but moving forward, like they're gonna have a tough road trip down in Sydney for a while. Um, hope I, I actually don't think they'll get hampered too heavily with Origin. They, they've got to sort out where they fit Hammering because I still think he has to be in their back five. I don't, I don't think he's full back. I think he's got to. No, he's not. He's not. And uh, I know I said that I I disagreed with you on that point. Um, but having watched them the last couple of weeks, um, Drinkwater's playing unreal. Yeah, so I'd be taking out Murray Talongi. Which is stiff, because he had a blinder last night. He's just scored a try, came up with a, like a few crucial plays in what was a reasonably close game for a lot of it. Like yeah. The first 50 minutes, it was pretty like, it was locked up. Uh, and they, obviously, they ran away with it at the end, but I mean, he had a blinder. But I mean, Kyle Felt is playing... Really good footy. Mate, he tore us up two years, uh, two weeks ago. Val Holmes is playing really good footy. Yeah, so that left Scott edge. Drinkwater's playing really good footy. Peter so Hickey's good in defense. Peter Hickey's, yeah, playing, again, play, again, playing really good footy. They all just seem... Todd Payton just has this knack of getting the best out of blokes. Mm, it took and a he year. Did it, he did it two years ago with the Warriors when everyone was like, they're wooden spooners, they're stuck in Australia, they're fucked. And, like, most of And they were playing with... Like, half their side were lone players and they were just shot to bits. And they managed to pull off some pretty decent wins. So it's like obviously he's doing a really really good job. Tom Deaton's playing unreal as well. Yeah, their, their ball playing around the middle is fucking incredible. Yeah, so I think like their best five. I think you have Val and Hammer down the left. Either one can be center or wing. Yeah, um, but you and you play you, Hiku and Felt on the right. Yeah, ideally, and because uh, they're toying with Hammer off the bench, but I think that's more just getting him a run. Yeah, no, I think it really is too because he's not really a fourteen. No. Like your 14 needs to be a ball player. 
you can't just have an ounce of drink. Drink, and drink water is too good to play, play 14. 14. Yeah, so I agree. Um, Origin will be interesting. Which which Cowboys get picked for the back? Well, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I would I would like to see Hammer and Val on the left together because that could be Queensland's left edge. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, no, I like that, and it's funny how like Hammer, you know, at the moment I know he's only just coming back, but is not currently in the Cowboys back five, but he will likely be in Queensland. Queensland's, back five. yeah. So, it's but I mean, yeah, uh, drink water. Like his ball playing ability just seems to have unlocked a few guys um, through the middle. Of that. Jeremiah Nanai, oh my goodness, that kid is a freak animal. Oh, my once he goodness. gets rid of those extra penalties, he'll be a, yeah, an absolute yeah. weapon. Absolutely. So, and Tamalolo's playing uh, playing really well as well. The like, Deedon the Deedon Townsend combination works. I like the 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 fake team list from Todd Payton by naming Ruben Cotter at prop and Tamalolo at 13 when they actually and, yeah. they actually play the opposite yeah. Tamalolo's basically playing like a 10 and Cotter is dead set playing a 13 yeah he's been playing phenomenal as well Ruben Cotter he'll be a he smoky was, for Queensland he was real good last night really good so uh, I think they are perfectly rated that, um, they are overrated but I'm happy to be wrong in 10 weeks time yeah no and I yeah and I feel it's funny how like because I'm pretty sure I had them to finish last same here and after the first couple of weeks, they were looking all right. And you're just like, oh, it's, it's early doors. It's coming. It's like the Knights. But then Newcastle beat them to it. And Yeah, exactly. So, no, I, don't, I think they're perfectly rated for now. Um, maybe still slightly overrated. But, I mean, they've knocked off some decent sides. You get um, hey, credit where credit is due. Yeah, they have played well. So. Um, keeping on the sports trend, mate, my overrated and underrated few is James Harden. Overrated. That's quite a... Chronically overrated. Chronically, nothing he has ever done has translated to winning whatsoever. Does nothing that, ever. Does that hurt to say as an OKC fan? Not really. You were happy with that trade back then? Oh God, no. <laughs> oh, fuck but, no. But now with the what, we traded him for Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> but now, Who? But now with the torch of hindsight. Yeah, the torch. I mean, we should have held him for two more years and traded him at top of his value. But I mean, he's had a had a, a very good uh, career with Houston. Um, all time, really, at Houston. Like, other than other than anyone with the last name of Chamberlain or Jordan, like he broke most other scoring records. Yeah. Like point per game per year, like for the year, uh, three seasons ago was just like thirty six or thirty seven. When he first game. integrated that step back three, yeah, oh, just ridiculous. And that was the like you know D'Antoni basically incorporating the seven or less offense um, into Houston and it was just James Harden surrounded by a bunch of shooters like PJ Tucker playing center like they had no one on their roster taller than 6'6 six, six. like <laughs> just not even basketball I don't even know what the fuck it was it's outrageous it's like pet blokes just going down playing at the rucker it's just but um, no he's chronically overrated and like you said every every single playoffs that you ever watch him play in he's just like at 70% of his output for the regular season and I think if you can't mix it with the best, like continue your output against the best sides, then you're just a bully. What have you thought of him in this series with Philly? It's different because he's taking on a different role than I think he has in the last six years. So with this model of James Harden? This model of... I'm so, I, I think he... Oh, well, he's probably perfectly rated. Uh, I think the... The media over there are expecting a whole lot of him. There's this massive narrative about how much pressure he's on to perform in these playoffs and uh, like silence the the haters and the doubters that he's a choker in the playoffs. And yeah. 
I, st- I and, actually and think people are going, oh, you know, he's only averaging twenty one points or something in the playoffs. So it's like, yeah, but he's taking like half as many shots as he's used to. I um, I'm actually would. I just think he's perfectly rated the whole period. Like your argument that, that no one that doesn't contribute to winning is pretty fair, but there's actually there's probably like ninety percent of NBA players are the same. Look at Dame Lillard. What's he won? No, it's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, like again, the blow, he, like just chronically overrated. And like, I mean, there, there's you could rattle off a whole heap of guys that are in that category that are regular season warriors that you know don't generally translate. But again, I mean, and it's probably slightly harsh because he wasn't exactly surrounded by like all time talent like other guys are. Yeah, but he had a year with Chris Paul, which. I reckon barring they barring it, Chris Paul doing his hammy in the conference they finals, they, they would have won, won that year. They would have won it. That was the Toronto year. Yeah. Because they couldn't get out of Had the... Had to be, didn't they? They couldn't get out of the West. Yeah. Because Chris Paul got injured at the start of that series for the finals. So, conference finals. And, but then had a, had a year with Russell Westbrook as well, who, I mean, you could argue you could put him in the same category. He's the king of that category. Uh, no, I don't know that he is. I think James Harden is the king of that category. How many teams has uh, James Harden James Harden started for that made the uh, NBA Finals? That's fair. So um, Russell Westbrook is nearly taking the cake for that category now, but all time, I mean, yeah, I don't know. James Harden and Dominic Wilkins. Let's move on before we drown everyone in an uh, NBA dribble. That's very fair. We get uh, uh, vegetarian cuisine. Underrated. Oh fuck! I thought we were gonna disagree on nah, this. Underrated. I um I was in Fremantle in, in year twelve, and we pulled into this this Thai joint, very bougie, being Fremantle. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize it was fully vego until I read the menu. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be shit. And honestly, one of the best green curries I've ever had. Yeah. I like tofu, so it makes it quite easy. Um, what do you think? I think oh, you're uh, in the underrated camp as well. Yeah, uh, vegetarian is massively underrated, and, no. and like I mean. It's hard because, I mean, there's a lot of vegan, vegetarian, things like that, where uh, some people do like to make it abundantly clear that they are vegetarian or vegan and they will shove it down your throat and That's, yeah. trip you into if, if you're, being like wind, well, one way or the other. The vegos and the vegans that treat it like religion and yeah. force it upon you, they kind of ruin it for the rest of them because... They do. A lot of the vegetarian foods actually elite. Like the yeah. vegetarian pizzas are quality. Yeah. So actually, well, hockey only like four hours ago. That is what I had for lunch was a vegetarian pizza. <laughs> Mate, so and when I go to flavor, when I go to Thai, there's two dishes. There's only ever two dishes that I order. It's a beef masamant curry or a vegetable penang curry. I've seen that one more often at this yeah. house. And it's not like there's no tofu in it. Nothing. It's just all all vegetable and curry, and it is elite. Like, and I think not having eaten a whole. You know, mum was vegetarian for a period when we were kids or just before we were kids. So we ate, we grew up eating a fair few vegetarian meals and they are like just as good as having the meat and three veg, if not better. So yeah, sometimes they're better. And I think it, like it's probably something that's getting better and better, especially like in the last 10 years where it's become more of a thing. People are experimenting more and, oh man, there's some class vegan and vegetarian options. It's Yeah, underrated, I reckon. Sticking on the, uh, the, the consumption line of things. Um, so espresso martinis slash coffee and alcohol combination, massively overrated. Couldn't disagree more. Fucking ruins coffee. Nah, mate. Espressos are elite. No. Same with Kahlua. No. Kahlua milk, mate. Nah, fucking ruins coffee, man. And like, I, I, anyone who knows me even half well knows that I don't function without coffee in the morning. 
and like it just I, I can't and I like I genuinely I drink coffee because I enjoy it and now that I'm heavily reliant on it but I drink it because I like the taste of it and I can't stand bad coffee <laughs> and that's all espresso martinis are they're just shit tasting coffee no nah it's oh, I didn't realise like people thought coffee alcohol would, was bad until like an ex-girlfriend and a couple of my other mates you being one now yeah that have gone mate can't stand it and it's one of those I things I thought like espressos are the mecca of alcohol yeah and see look I used to drink the not I wouldn't say frequently but like if I was gonna have to if I was forced to pick a cocktail to drink it probably would have been that but the more like I start to enjoy coffee more now and I drink it because I like it and I'm a bit snobby with my coffee shock yeah, I know, right? That beer, <laughs> fuck. But I just, I can't stand having like the coffee taste, but then also such a horrific like rest of the body. It's just, nah, it's fucked. Can't stand it. <laughs> Have you had the coffee beer? Did I bring that over when you were here? No. Okay, don't get it. Can't wait. To, I can't wait to hate that. <laughs> don't get it. I'll save you time. Um, mate, my last one is taking your shoes off before entering someone's house. Oh, is this a direct target at me now? No, no, it's absolutely not. So I'm currently, <laughs> I'm currently no, wearing Corys. It's actually, it's actually related to uh, yesterday. I was helping uh, a few people uh, move some couches. Your mum told me about this. From one house to another. Yeah, semi-stitch up. A little bit, a bit of a backstory. Um, I was told that we were getting uh, some couches and the provision for getting these couches was that we had to go and pick them up. So I was like, well, that's fine. That's a piece of piss. We load two couches into the trailer and we take two couches home and we unload two couches. Anyway, it turns out that the whole backstory was that it was someone that mum works with, her parents were getting rid of some their old lounges, giving them to them and then we were getting their old lounges. Right. So there was two times as much removalist work, which was good because I'd tweaked my back the night before playing hockey so I woke and I was stiff as a board and I'm having to, yeah, anyway. But we, moral of the story is their place is in Sanctuary Cove. Yeah. Like, oh, like proper up yourself, Sanctuary Cove. Like <laughs> it looked like a display home, not a live-in home. On the golf course kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm doing them a massive favor. I'm moving their fucking lazy boy couches from Sanctuary Cove to fucking Coomera Waters. And I looked inside their house. I was like, I've got to take my shoes off. There's no way I'm allowed to wear shoes in here. So I then moved three couches from their living room to the trailer in socks. I was going to say, so you didn't take the socks off? Didn't take the socks was off. Was it tiled or carpet? Tiled. Stupid. So, and, and but the staircase was polished, like really nicely finished wood. <laughs> How slippery was it? Oh, uh, it wasn't too bad. You needed, but like, you needed those socks with a little grip on yeah, the bottom. Yeah, like the ones you get from the trampoline places yeah. with little knobs on the bottom. Yeah, no, fuck. So, uh, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts. Overrated, underrated, do you care, do you not? Whereabouts in the world am I? Am I in Japan? Oh, in Japan, you've got to take yeah, everything, any, off. everything off and wear slippers. Yeah. Um, Which is elite, just quietly. Because they've got like, the, oh man, I love Japan. I'm ready um, to go back. Ah. Uh, I'd probably say slightly overrated. If you're wearing clean shoes, like what difference does it make? Yeah. Like a lot of people like me would have quite smelly feet naturally. So yeah. you probably want us to keep our shoes on. I'm going to, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it's overrated. Like growing up, we 
wore shoes in the house. Here, like here at home, we wear shoes in the house. The only reason that the shoes get left outside is so that Esker can't eat them. Yeah, see, growing up, we took them off. Yeah, Like okay. everywhere I went. But I think that in this current day and age, I think it's a little bit overrated. But yeah. if someone asks me to take my shoes off before I come in, I'm not going to... Yeah. I'm not going to argue. That's fair. Not a, not a contentious point for you. That is not terms of engagement. <laughs> uh, your last one? Um, the, wave of, the wave of acknowledgement whilst driving. So like someone lets you in or if you have to pull off on the road slightly. So like at Chevron Island to get out of my street because all the cars are parked on the side of the road. It makes it quite difficult. Yeah. To, and to some point you can't get two cars through. So you pull out of the way and... Sometimes you do the little wave or you just don't get it back. What do you reckon? I'm going to say that it's perfectly rated but underutilized. Okay. I, I think uh, not a, not enough people do it, but it is incredible how just like even you can you can have your two hands on the steering wheel. Just and raise all your you three fingers. Is do, like two or three fingers. Oh, no, I reckon I'm a two. I reckon I'm just a two, two finger. But when it doesn't happen, it can ruin your day. <laughs> It is unbelievable. Like someone will just merge in front of you. Like they can pull the rankest shit a driver can do. If they throw a hand up and appreciate what I've done for them, it's fine. All else forgotten. Yeah, but if they don't. Whereas if we're in like a merge and I literally am obliged by law to let them in and they don't wave, ruins them the next hour. I'm just fucking filthy. Are you? I reckon it's mildly overrated. Nah, I reckon it's... Yeah, like I said, perfectly rated, but way underutilised. Look, what harm does it does it do? The only time I wave is if I'm legally in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that's not like an acknowledgement of like, you've done a nice thing here. It's like, my bad. <laughs> sorry, guys. Don't care though. Yeah. I'm still here. No, I, no, I don't know. I think, I, think, I think the bigger the car, the less the wave is given out. Oh, without a doubt. You should have seen dad was driving around the highlights yesterday and would like just driving around. I just said, oh, well, when Sam drives it, it's like, well, what's your other option? You stop or you hit me. I'm in a Hilux. I'll win. Yeah. That, so it's the bigger the car or the older the car, the yeah. less the wave comes out. Yeah. It comes down to like, who cares about their car more? Usually not that person. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, well, that is all that we've got for overrated and underrated. So I suppose we will move through to our general sport. That's one of the biggest benders I've ever seen in my life. All so right. quick, you want to do a quick touch on the NBA? Yeah, we'll keep it quick. We'll keep it quick for you sooks that don't like hearing about the NBA. So, uh, two of the... Are all the series locked at 2-1? I'm just looking, yeah, it does look like that. So, because I know the Celtics, Bucks, I'm looking, and I'm Warriors, just Grizzlies, the Warriors and the Bucks took 2-1 leads today. All of it's 2-1. Wow. I'm just looking at the bracket now. So That's a lead. Yeah, Miami's up 2-1, Bucks are up 2-1, Phoenix up 2-1. Golden State Memphis 2-1 to Golden State yeah so I think uh, that Phoenix the Phoenix oh Dallas goodness. series that should go no more than five I don't think I don't know Chris Paul played unbelievably terrible in that third in their third game he had seven turnovers in the first half there's quite a few of uh, NBA TikTok and betting TikTok ready to put all the units on the Mavericks in the fourth game yeah okay I suppose everyone's healthy yeah, and if they're gonna like, that, I don't think they can take a game from Phoenix at Phoenix. No, see, and it's a good point that one of the commentators made yesterday in the in the Philadelphia game. All the role players statistically tend to lift when they're at home. Yeah, because Danny Green just, was, was going off yesterday. Just about to make the same point that guys like, I think we mentioned last week, but like Brunson and Dinwiddie, 
Maxi Kleber, like they all play so much better at home. Like when the crowd gets behind them, they're so good. Yeah. But when they're away and the crowd are into them, they're so bad. So, but I think, yeah, they, they did play well, but I, I don't know. They only won by, they win by 10 or 12. And it's the worst game I've seen Phoenix play in ages. Mm. So other than Jay Crowder, the rest of them just played like spastics. Um, the Golden State absolutely blew out. Yeah, and I need to put out a personal apology to Clay Thompson for saying that he was done because he's been killing it the last couple of weeks. Um, But one thing I will reiterate is that Jordan Poole is a bad, bad man. So he's now moved back into his normal bench role um, and he dropped 28 or 30 today again. Um, The Warriors shot 60% from the field today. That's outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah, Poole dropped 27, Clay dropped 21, Steph 30. Even, even Jonathan Kaminga dropped 18. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that game. And it was funny that uh, the Warriors, they're shooting... On this stuff for you. They're, they're shooting just about the worst they have. They're, they're, there's like a whole heap of stats that they're doing that um, Memphis are actually outperforming them in. But the one thing that they were dominating Memphis was rebounding. Yep. And who led the game for rebounds? This game now? Yeah. Ja Morant? Nope. Jordan Poole? No. Andrew Wiggins? No. Steph Curry? No. Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson. Ah, my boy. No, he got nine. Yeah. And like, I mean, both teams are playing reasonably small, I think. Like, Kevon Looney's not getting a whole heap of minutes. I don't know. I haven't checked today, but did Steven Adams even play? He's cleared health and safety protocols. I just closed it. He's played like 10 minutes in the last seven or eight games for Memphis. So, um, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has be the tallest bloke on the fi- on the court at any one time, and he uh, is not the greatest rebounder. So he's just trying to swat everything all over the place, not actually <laughs> worrying about you know, catching the rebounds. So no, nah, why would you? But I mean, four tight series. I think the Bucks series is the only one that's not on court, on home court. Like the Bucks are up two one away away. Yeah. No, no, they're up two one with the fourth game in Milwaukee. I think all the other games are like as just hold, just holding court, holding home court. That's right. So, um, but yeah, four good series. That um, Miami Philadelphia that'll be a good series going home. I reckon. Yep. Um, Same that that Boston Milwaukee series. Yeah, I can see both of those going seven. Oh, Jeepers, oh, Ramian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be. Uh, but, but yeah, plenty of plenty of good games coming. The next couple of weeks is going to be uh, going to be killer. I reckon. So, no, it'll be good, but we'll move through to the NRL. Mate. Where we are currently watching the Sharks-Warriors. Sharks up 16-10. We will touch on something that's just happened in this game. Um, I have a confession to make. Yep. I'm a bad Parramatta supporter. You didn't tip him? I didn't tip him, and it's cost me a perfect round. No. Oh, so I um, I have not tipped the Broncos correctly yet, I don't think. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure all the games that they have won... I've tipped against them, including this week with the um, Souths game, um, which I should have known uh, that they were going to win because they'd beaten Souths already. Adam Reynolds' first game against Souths for his career and didn't he show up? Yep. He was unbelievable. Scored a try of his own, orchestrated two more, I think. Well, two more try assists, but probably would have orchestrated everything that they did. Um, Selwyn Cobbo playing. All of our back five... Are playing phenomenal. It's quality. I don't know if Herbie's. I think we talked about this last week. I have to chat with you about Herbie's best position. 
is in the centres? Is a wing. You reckon? Yeah. But Corey Oates is there, so he's a pretty good centre. Oh, no, I reckon... Oh, God. Yeah, I, I can sort of see that. I think he is a centre, though. Is, is he good enough in the air? Yeah, he's 190 centimetres, 100 kegs. He doesn't pass the footy, and he defensively reads and like a quick. winger. And, and he's, he's quick. quick. No, that's fair. And he played wing growing up. Yeah. I think well, it's crazy that we signed Branko Lee in the offseason, who was who other than getting injured on the day would have played for Queensland. Mm. He's not even in the like he's not even in the starting side. He's, he's playing Rezies. Re- all year. So it just goes to show the strength of the back line. Tamari Martin, I think the Broncos are going to sign him to a multi year deal they if should. they haven't already. And I think he'll be um, their six. When Tessie New comes back. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I really like uh, actually no, I agree with that. His ball playing is really good. He looks a little shaky under a few of the high balls. Yeah. And he's, some of his defensive reads are not great, but his ball playing skills are pretty good. He's, so, yeah, I'd like that. Him at six and Reynolds at seven. He was so good at the cows before he had that brain bleed. Yeah. So, um, no, that'll be um, that'll be sick. So, But, no, they're playing really well. Selwyn Cobbo played unbelievable again. Runs like the wind, man. He's quick as. And Katoni Staggs just keeps turning up week in, week out, which is great. So, that was without Payne Haas and Kurt Catewell. So both of them were out, but we had Patrick Carrigan come back into the side um, who is playing some good footy as well. Tom Flegler, when he doesn't get suspended or sent off, is going really well um, and played really well. A couple of his offloads were crucial in us getting uh, getting the ball moving forward. So good signs, really. So Broncos, I think, will finish this round inside the top eight. They'll be eighth, yeah. Which is fucking sick. So the Raiders-Bulldogs game was actually not as bad as you probably thought it would be. No, it was bad. It was bad, but yeah. I, I was expecting like a... A slug, a slug fest. It wasn't quite that. Well, sort of was. It was like fourteen four. It was, a, it, was it was a gross game of footy, and it, like they they should finish fifteenth and sixteenth. It was a bit unfortunate. No, well, Knights are there, but it was a bit, it was a bit unfortunate. It was a bit unfortunate for Croker to get his first game back and oh. get injured in the first half of the first half. Yeah, it didn't look good either. Um, so dislocated elbow, which I don't imagine is all that comfortable. No, I'm, I'm glad they put CNK back at fullback and Rappiner oh. back on the wing. It'd be good to have Whiten back. And then once they get um, Jamal Fogarty back, they'll be pretty structured and they'll, I reckon they'll be like a top eight team again. It's just yeah. going to take a while. Fogarty's a while away. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't... I, they're going to finish in the bottom four, I think. Um, I think they're cooked. The match of the round, though, not just because I'm a Parramatta fan, yeah. but the Parramatta Penrith game was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. It was almost like origin level. That's what the Mullard Bar Bowls Club was saying and the people <laughs> were in there. He's <laughs> missing out? Yeah, so they've kept elected to keep their left edge the same as it is because it was yep. so effective and yep. they have Critter and Bizzer on the right like they used to have when Mansour was on their left wing yeah so it's not like it's a new combo no no but uh, I reckon the writing's kind of been on the wall for Penrith the last couple of weeks because they've played the Titans and the Raiders in the last two weeks who are two sides floundering if we're being perfectly honest yeah the and Titans not, really gave them a run for their money yeah and they're not really they've not really been as clinical as they probably would have liked so they've you know finally come up against a, like a quality side with some good attack and things like that and it's uh, it, and it showed they just couldn't match what the Eels were bringing so yeah it's good that we finally look what happens when you don't pick your son at 5'8 and you put Dylan Brown at 6 so who played back in the centres this week for Tom Opacek yeah okay good um, and then Madison has just been unbelievable the last month and he still can't get a starting spot yeah because Sean Lane's been playing unreal and so is Isaiah Papali'i yeah so, but yeah, what a luxury having a guy like that coming off the bench and killing it and killing it. So, um, yeah, no, good to good to see from them. The Storm polished off uh, the Dragons this afternoon. So Melbourne have scored a hundred and 
60 points in their last three games and 150 points in the last five halves. Which is just insane. Oh, and they played the second half without um, Paps. Paps and Housen as well. So Paps did his... Um, did his hammy? His hammy, yeah. He, he yeah. got pushed out of the sideline in the first half and just awkwardly like straightened his leg out. Yeah. And then he kept playing on it and then tore then, it more when yeah, he well, scored the try. Yeah, as he scored the try. Yeah, hobbled over the line. Ray so, Stone-esque. Yeah, pretty much. So hopefully that's not too bad. Um, it's funny, I saw a list today... Um, I can't even remember who put it out, but the Tom, the top ten uh, NRL fullbacks, if you were going on form, um, and the top seven were all New South Welshmen. <laughs> yeah, well, our our, our fullbacks are totally not in form, and Caelan Ponga is he? No, so eight and nine were Reese Walsh at eight, and Ponga at nine. So actually, in the I, no, I know the Knights got beaten this week, but Ponga actually played a right. Looked, it looked good. Yeah. He, he cops way too much shit for their. Poor results. He does. Again, they're just shit. And two of their key players in Braley and Kurt Mann are both out. So I yeah. thought Tex Hoy was actually surprisingly good at six. Yeah. Yeah. He plays six in the resis though, but he's definitely a, a fullback first, five, eight, second. Yeah. But, but like mean, if your Pong is just re-signed, you better get used to playing six if you want uh, to play first grade. You want yeah, if you want a game, mate. Yeah. So um no, I think uh yeah, Pong, but uh, we're currently watching the Warriors play now, and Reese Walsh has been really good. Yeah, very set up, good. set up both of the Warriors tries. Just looks electric. Looks really good under the high ball. He's just kind of your perfect fullback, really, isn't he? He's good with the ball in his hands. He's good moving off the ball. He can make plays for himself. He can make plays for others. I cannot stand his goal kicking uh, routine. Yeah, no, we were just talking about that. He does his uh, hands like he's going to hit a draw on playing golf. Yeah, and then proceeds to kick fades. But then he, uh, but he's kicking him at uh, at low nineties for the year. So you can't argue with it. Nah, so not I mean, as bad as Jamie Sowers used to be. Oh, far out, Jamie Sowers, what a man! Dragons fans out there. So, um, oh, who else has played this week? Uh, did the, uh, who the Tigers play? Cowboys. No, they didn't. Cowboys played the Knights. Bruh, who am I? Oh yeah, Cowboys played Knights. Tigers played Manly. That's right. Uh, a Josh Schusterless Manly, yeah, and uh, and as of next year, a Kieran Foreignless off to the Titans, mate. Off to the Titans for two years. I like it. Get your money. Um, stay away from the Star Casino. Yeah, please. I um interesting from uh, the Gold Coast point of view. Somebody mentioned just before that they let Jamal Fogarty go. Yeah, so I th- and I think they've realised how shit they are when they don't have a halfback who can steer them around. It's it's not it's. Toby's not been too bad. He just needs another senior half. It was Brimo's first year of playing 6-2. I think if you have him and Foran together, it'll, it'll allow Jaden Campbell to get better at the back as well. Like him and him and Toby are both like 19-20. Yeah. So they're, they're banking on youth for the next couple of years. So Foran will be a good, at least mentor. Yeah. So even if he doesn't play like, I'm sure he will. But if he doesn't work out playing-wise, he can at least teach the young boys... All everything he's learned over the last fifteen years, anyway. Absolutely, and you can't, you can't. Well, that's the only way you can buy that experience. And I, I know the other. I guess the other side of the coin there is with, like, what happened when he left Manly the first time. Yeah, and Paris on to that massive deal, and but he, that's that's when all that personal shit happened. Yeah, but you know that's the whole like moving away from where he was comfortable, and I, I mean I don't know enough about the situation. I'm not. Um, you know, judging anyone for stuff like that. But um, he's been really, really good under Des Hasler in two or maybe even three different stints. 
Yeah, so you would have played with Manly yeah. one, Bulldogs one, Manly two. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. It's definitely not going to make Gold Coast worse. That is for sure. No, I think it's actually pretty smart. It's a good move from smart them. Smart footy for them. Interesting. So Manly, I just didn't want to offer him a two-year deal. No, nah, there's way more to it. Have you read the whole Schuster deal thing? Yeah, that his management have come out. Plus there's that junior, I think it's Talatet. No, that's, that's the Dragons play. I'll get it up in a sec. They had this upcoming six slash fullback. There's like 17. He's just, he's the next big thing. Yeah, okay. And so I think they're going to make room for him and Schuster. I think Schuster would be a fucking unbelievable lock. I Yeah, I don't. But then like, that it means would you have to like, play Jake at front row. Yeah, but it would be like playing um, David Fafita at six, I think. I think it's just a bit of a waste. Like, Schuster is such a weapon he's so, he's, on the edge. He's an unbelievable six. You reckon? Absolutely. Does he have the kicking game to play six? Yeah. He's quality. He was, he's an unreal junior. He's a, he's a six first, second row second. He's, yeah, a, he's, the, he's, he's just, the reverse Wade Graham. He's just played so well in the second row when he's fit and when he's playing. Plus, from a Schuster's perspective, second row is like the shittest contracts ever. Anyone can play second row at yeah, that the, standard. Yeah. Whereas like... The money's... Five-eighth the, money is... Woo! Yeah. Half money, mate. Half money. Yeah. Of K.O. Weeks, that's his name, from Manly. Yeah, okay. He, um, he's a, right. Yeah, he's born in 2002, same age as Reese Walsh and whatnot. So he's a gun, and they've got this other one coming through as well. Like There's another family of footballers that Manly have signed. Yeah, right. See, so all three Trevojevic's played. Mate, cool. Yeah, Jake and Tom with zero tries. Did you see Ben the, with two? Did you see Jake in the post game interview talking about how proud he is? Yeah, yeah. It was like a dad talking about his son. Eh? Mate, I'm just so proud, proud. Oh, just so proud. Credit, full credit to the boys. Yeah. So, but no, that was it. Was pretty cool. As someone with two younger brothers, obviously not even playing at that level, it's still I still pinch myself and get pretty chuffed when I get to run out and play with the the two younger brothers. So like, I imagine playing all playing footy at an elite level. Um, it'd be fucking sick. So, um, but yeah, we'll quickly touch on what we've seen in this um, Sharks game so far. So, uh, Will Kennedy, uh, basically just an old-fashioned kind of coat hanger, really, on Reese Walsh in the 17th minute. I thought it was quite a clear 10. But really, there was really no force to it. Like, he just, Reese Walsh, obviously, electric, big left foot step, and Kennedy's kind of just got wrong-footed and just hung his arm out. There was no swinging motion, and it looked bad. Because they were both off balance. It was it was and less. He kind of he kind of tugged on Walsh. It was less the, forceful than the Tupu non penalty. Absolutely. So Reese Walsh has obviously kind of just got flung horizontal, but got straight back up. There was no force. I don't doubt he even did a fucking HIA. And Kennedy just got marched, just bang straight send off. Just the inconsistency with these rulings is just unbelievable yeah. like i don't know how you can get such different variation from each referee when it's all under the one governing body yeah and i just don't i i really it, and, and like you and i both said straight away that's oh 10. that's just 10 and it honestly it was nearly more towards not getting 10 at all than getting sent off yeah like if you had told me right oh this is either he stays on the field or gets sent off i'm saying oh no stays he, on the field. he stays on the field yeah it, like in the, really wasn't that bad and he just got marched. So when, you know, the Sharks are probably still going to win this game as they're just going up 20 to 10 with a kick to come. But yeah, it's just the, the inconsistencies. It's going to cook games. It's going to cost teams games. Um, and it's just, you know, and then we saw uh, Jesse Ramian whose tackle was way worse. 
I didn't think it was that bad. He led in with the point of his shoulder, mate. Oh. No arm wrapping whatsoever and just got you and Aiken straight in the face. I would have given you and Aiken 10 in the bin for it just because I don't like the bloke. <laughs> but you like you can't tackle like that and he only he got 10. So, I don't know. It's just so inconsistent. His tackle was way worse than Kennedy's. Yeah, and Kennedy's is so early in the game. Yeah. Like, it hasn't affected the result, really. But, like, yeah. it could be a, a and lot And it's not, more. it's not like the... So, what did you think of the Carl Lawton tackle last week? A send-off. That is a send-off. Yeah. Straight, that is as soon as, you, as soon as you lose your feet in a spear tackle, you've lost all control. Yeah. And it can be Alex McKinnon all over again. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, that's yeah, and he and, oh, even, and and everyone was blowing up about it on the day, and then he accepted a four week ban. Yeah, like duh, you know that it was fucking bad, and everyone knows that it was. I bad. don't think it was intentional. I oh. think he just lost control. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, you can't do it. So, and I actually think that Manly would have won that game last week if he stayed on the field. If they had, if well. they had thirteen for the full eighty minutes, I'd tip sweet. I'd tipped them. They played South, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I'd also tip Manly. That fucked me. So, yeah, perfect. Speaking of the tipping before we move on, I'll give a little update to the uh, the Armchair Critics tipping results. So, in the AFL, um, at, as of recording, the Sharks are still playing in the league and the Carlton game's still on at the moment. So, they haven't updated. They're still up until like seven games in for the AFL. Um, there's been actually no change at the top. So, least likely to win is winning. Jizzah. <laughs> Only five this week, though, but still keeps one clear with... Uh... Yeah, Annika. Annika Rose. Shaggers. And uh, is that Potter? That's Glenn Bone. I love oh. Dusty. I love Dusty. <laughs> he's, uh, he's all come... with six this week. And also the Knights 21 premiers. Oh, that's aged well. Yeah, good on, <laughs> good on your spaghetti. So all with six this week. I like how he got the so typo far. wrong on that too. He meant to put Knights 22 premiers. Yeah, yeah. So either way, it's going to be factually incorrect, big boy. So if, uh, if Carlton go on to win their game, which... Hopefully they do. They're up 47 to 33 at time of recording. I will go six for nine, which is not terrible. Not so, great, though. There'll be, same teams, here, there'll be teams with better weeks. So teams let me down. Western Bulldogs. Same. Who I actually, I picked the margin, but the wrong team. Oh, shit. Uh, Sydney. Same. And Hawthorne. Same. All let me down. Um, but yeah, I think most of the result, I don't know. I'll get beaten by a lot of people. So um, in the NRL, we've got a new leader. On points differential, uh, Jake Grove. All oh, right, um, with uh, yeah, with six for the week. Angus Ooh, Watson. Couple of, couple of uh, there's a couple of mares up top there. Yeah, Sarah, your shit. Sarah Shagger sixty nine and Chevron Broker all only with fours this week and Getsy as well. That's obviously uh, without including this last game, which the Sharks are looking like they're going to win. So, so I should go. I should go six from eight this week. I should, I should go seven from eight, which hurts because I didn't tip against my own team and they fucking won. Oh, so you tip the Broncos? I tip the Broncos. Yeah. Jake and I are the only ones to tip Broncos. Yeah. And so we're, we're both going to go seven from eight. Yeah, nice. So no, I'd say that's a pretty good result. So, um, yeah, obviously that Penrith one and yeah, I tip South Sydney uh, against the Bronx. Um, all the other games, I think, were pretty clear cut, I would say. Yes, it's pretty much you pick every home team except for Penrith and um, South. Yeah, I mean, maybe the um, the Canberra Bulldogs game, that's kind of just that picking that, shit from shit. That was a $1.90 flip on the, yeah. on the betting markets. There you go. So, But I thought, mate, Canberra so, was so due for a win, and it's down in the milk. It's pretty hard to go against them. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, in the AFL this week, uh, Brisbane 
towed up uh, West Coast last night. Probably not as bad as a lot of people thought they were going to, given Mate, West Coast's lack of ability. The Suns upset availability. Was, the Suns upset was elite. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, good from them though, isn't it? Seventy five, and they've been playing well. And when they played, they played Brisbane here two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And there were people saying that it's as good as you can play when you get beaten by fifty points. Like they got beaten by fifty, and that's like a comfortable win. Brisbane will win, but the they flag played really year. good, and Brisbane are really good. So, and Gold Coast are taking it to a few teams, so uh, which is good because again, I think the the AFL it's like the NRL where you want teams performing from all over the place. You don't want it to just be Melbourne teams dominating the top eight. You want to see, you know, like one of you know the Lions because the Suns aren't quite there yet. But if the Lions are competing, Sydney are competing. Uh, and at least one of the Western teams competing, then the comp is better. Yeah. Um, moving on from general sport, I've got to head off in a minute. You know, Mother's Day. Mum actually wants to hang out, so that's yeah, deal. a thing. Anyway, um, I've got a question from Fridge. Go on. <laughs> There's two of them. So the first one is, who was the first person to discover drinking cow's milk and what were they doing? Yeah, and this is one that's been thrown around the... Uh, and so my answer thrown around for a while. I'll let you go. No, well, I've seen your answer, and I tend to I kind of agree. Like the, they they would have just seen they would have seen someone drinking it, and they're like, oh, I wonder what that tastes like. But you, like, so if rogue. They, so if they weren't doing that, what do you think was going on? Do you reckon they have a little fondle with the others? Yeah, probably. And then why would you drink it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's also quite a very good question. Uh, cooked or perverted? Both. One of those two options. Yeah, maybe both. So Cooked with perverted perverted tendencies. <laughs> Sticking to the moo-moo trend. Uh, do you ever do you think you've bought milk from the same cow twice? Um uh, I have no idea. No, I, I'm gonna say no. I reckon I would have. I reckon I've drunk enough milk that it's come from the same cow twice. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's uh, that's possibly fair. Yeah, we do uh, do go through a fair bit of milk. Uh, and actually um, one thing we'll probably we might even throw this out to the listeners to see what they reckon um, is so like discussing the greatest athlete of all time to so the goat discussion. Now, obviously, it's quite easy when you're discussing it within the same sport. So, like, who's the goat? You know, in basketball or football, cricket, whatever. But trying to and obviously this, it gets discussed a fair bit about you know who's the greatest athlete of our era. Right, and it like it, it's a very multi-layered question. Do you go who won the most or who was the best? Because you know, does that necessarily mean that you were the best if you won the most? You know, Robert Horry won seven chips in the NBA, and was never the fifth best player on his team. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that you know, are you in good situations? Are you a really good piece, role player, whatever? Do team sport athletes and individual athletes belong in the same? category or the same discussion in the GOAT conversation. I think you can. I think because it, it completely changes how you play said sport. I, I absolutely and the agree. Easiest, the easiest example is to look at how golfers attack a tournament when they're playing with themselves or yep. like when the Ryder Cup's on and they play in pairs or the Dell Technologies tournament. Yeah. Like if you're in a pair, in a playing golf in a paired group completely changes how you attack a hole. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I just think that, you know, if... Tiger Woods is probably the well, well yeah, probably the greatest individual athlete of our, of our era. But then how do you compare what he did on a golf course to what 
Michael Jordan did on a basketball court or Tom or, Brady or what Tom Brady's done on a football field or what Don Bradman did on a cricket field. You actually can't because you, uh, you know, there's a whole nother um, kind of quality that you need to be a good team athlete that you don't have when you're an individual athlete. And on the flip side, there is a whole mental game as an individual athlete that you need that is not necessary in a team sport environment. Yeah. Like you need to be, like it, it is it, me, myself and I, when yeah. you're playing golf, you have no one around you that you can rely on for diddly squat. Every single shot that you make is yours. Is yours. You've got to make it. Whereas if I'm trying to chase down 200 in a run total, I don't, I don't have to score all 200 because I've got teammates. That, it might, sure, it might change how I play depending on who's around me and what the situation is. But I know that I don't have to do it by myself. So I can, you know, and like it's just completely different. So we'll throw it out to you guys. What do you reckon? And also give me, uh, who's the GOAT? Who, like, you can answer me now if you want, Sean. Tiger. Ever? In all sports? Oh, ever. I thought you talked about for this era. Yeah, oh, okay. So this era, you Tiger. reckon Tiger? Yeah, I reckon that's probably to be fair. But then, like, how do you, you know, uh, Michael Phelps, for example, who's just, like, kills it in the pool. Like, there's just, there's so many guys that you could, like, throw out and the guys that have dominated their fields for years and years and years. It's, just, it's so hard. The GOAT discussion is so hard when you're crossing sports. So I, I reckon we'll we continue this next week. Easy. All right, we'll leave it there. So guys, uh, send us your responses. Uh, uh, just DM DM us on Instagram at Armchair Critics, or you can shoot us an email armchaircritics at outlook um, Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate uh, your interaction. Uh, love getting the messages from you guys all through the week. Um, Sean, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there listening. And we will catch you guys next week. Perfect. See you later.